0: Right now, I'm drinking a beer from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Um, it's a full-bodied beer, and it's pretty good. I was recommended it to a guy named Joe, by a guy named Joe. Uh, it's called Pabst Blue Ribbon, and it's it's quite delicious. I'm not gonna lie. It's 4.7 percent alcohol, and it's making me feel real good. I was wondering if either of you two uh, could tell me what you're drinking right now. Uh Joe, wh- what are you having?
1: Uh let me see here. What do we get out of the fridge? I I am drinking oh, I'm also drinking a papstool ribbon established in Milwaukee, eighteen forty four. What a long time to be around. That's some staying bar right there.
2: Alright, I'll mix it up. Uh this is this is Robbie. I'm drinking uh uh, well, it's 16 ounces. So, yep, Pabst Blue Ribbon, and it is delicious. The this pounder. was this is the pounder <laughs> recommended by Joe, and it is it's actually it's actually amazing. Yeah, after you come off a, a nice hoppy beer, if you go right down to the the Pabst Blue Ribbon, it actually tastes really really good. I was surprised. I like it.
0: I, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with this. You could say it's a palate cleanser uh because it's basically just, you know, water. a water rinse. But
1: uh it's actually made of tortillas, like you know how <laughs> they say it's a <laughs> that's a fermented tortillas.
0: I have actually some real questions for you guys now that we've gotten through this this PBR beer break and in terms of a new coach, and this is one of the toughest questions you could ask any college football fan what do you want in a new coach? Would you prefer to have an offensive-minded guy who will put points on the board? Would you prefer to have an aggressive defensive guy, a guy who is better at recruiting, or just an overall uh, developer of talent? And I guess I'll go to you first, Joe. Like If you had to choose, and you don't have to choose one of those, but what type of coach are you looking for, especially lead tech going forward?
1: Um, If we're talking about on-the-field stuff, I think what I would like is I want a guy who's really committed to the running game. Like, I really love uh, Stanford. You know, Stanford, I love that Harbaugh tree. Um, You know, even Burt, the Wisconsin guys. Like, I I like watching big, beefy linemen just pick up defensive linemen and relocate them 10 yards down the field (laughs) and then having some loaded running back just come behind a fullback and just just grind it out. Um, That's like Virginia Tech football to me. Um, I don't know if that's the way we're going to go. I think I think wit understands the entertainment aspect of the sport, and I think in college football points are sexy, and points get you postseason awards, and points get you on Sports Center highlights. So he might go for someone that wants to you know score some points. But I think regardless of the type of style I want, so I, I want an offensive coach. I feel like if you're going to get a defensive coach, it's like why not go with Bud Foster? It's like we already have, you know. Probably the best defensive coordinator in the country, so I kind of think like if you bring in a defensive coach, it's kind of like a little bit of a slap in the face to Bud. You know, I know we could argue about his you know recruiting and some other things, but I have counter arguments for that if we, if we get into it. But yeah, I think I think I think Witt will end up going with an offensive guy, and that I would like someone who is committed to like a smash mouth football, like Chad Morris. I was reading about him today, and his, you know the smash mouth spread, like an Auburn malzon you know. You know, Trey with with kind of, the, again, that smash mouth, you know, Urban Myers single wing spread. You know, that, that's the type of football that excites me. Power running um, with athletes. And regardless, we're going to need someone that pounds the recruiting trail. So I, I said during the commercial break here that, you know, I'd like, you know, a Scott Leffler type on the recruiting trail that just does not sleep. But you know, ten hours a week. That's just out there. You know, Coach Cav told the story one time where like he slept on a family's bed while all the he told the story at the Northern Virginia Coaches Club. Like back in the day, he slept on a, a family's bed, sofa bed, and while all the other coaches waited outside, so he could get the kid's signature first on signing day before like the whole fax machine phenomenon. Like I want that type of mentality. Like you're not going to do anything except sign marquee players. Like I don't want. I don't want you like doing, you know, I don't want you having family time, I don't want you like going to church, like I don't want any of that. Like I want someone who's like legitimately just loves to wake up in the morning and recruit high schoolers to Virginia Tech.
2: Well, for me, it's a lot of the same. Uh, we talked about it a little bit in actually a few podcasts this year. Just the Smash Mouth just, you know, in your face kind of Virginia Tech offensive play that we have built over the better part of 30 years. It's incredible. People used to be scared to come to Virginia Tech because they knew they were going to get punched in the mouth and you would walk out of Lane Stadium and, you know, Warsham Field and you would be hurting really, really bad. Whether you won or lost that game, it would be a tough game. And that's what I want to see again. So, you know, for me, I, what I want from a, a coach is – I want an offensive-minded coach, but I want them to be able to, you know, kind of ground and pound on the run game. That's a huge, huge benefit, and I think it's interesting, you know, you were just saying, Joe, about what's sexy these days. Well, guess what? Alabama right now is not sexy. Granted, they're dealing with some of the uh, best recruits and five and four stars in the nation, but... They are a pound it in your face football team, and they've done very well. with LSU right now with Leonard Fournette right now is a pound it in your face football team. One of the best running backs in the nation. I love that style of football. I want people to come in and just just get hurt, like just you know, in the sense that you're going to try and tackle this guy, and he's going to go for whatever the case may be. Leonard Fournette, I think he's averaged about 200 yards a game. I am not expecting that, but I want to do a run for first offense uh before we go to the spread and all those sorts of things. And I think that's what I'm I'm looking for recruiting wise. I think the character of your coach dictates the recruiting that you're going to bring in. And if you can get somebody uh younger, everybody I think right now is younger than coach Beamer uh that can come into a living room and not um, be a snake oil you know, salesman that can be legit with a parent and tell them that just like Frank Beamer did, he's going to take care of his kid and he's going to teach them ways to become you know a better man beyond just the football field.
0: I think that goes a long way. For me, I think in a perfect world, I would want a defensive first coach. And I know that's what we've pretty much had. And I like that. I can deal better with a team that can't score any points but also won't give up any points better than the opposite with of a team that can't defend anyone i think would be extremely frustrating and to me i think i would rather has, have a strong defense than a strong offense just because that's what i know but i also believe in the fact that defense wins championships We saw it with the Seahawks. We've seen it with Ohio State last year. Yes, they had Cardell Jones and some great playmakers on offense. But they played defense and they ran the football with Zeke Elliott. And that's what wins. So for me, I don't think it's going to happen. But I would want another defensive first coach. And like Joe said, would that be a slap in Bud Foster's face if we go out and hire someone that is defensive first? Maybe. But... Bud has over the years shown that he might not be head coaching material. At least that's what we hear. I love Bud. And if we were to bring in an offensive guy, I hope we could keep him around because I think that would give us the best of both worlds. Obviously I want someone who can recruit. Obviously I want someone who can teach and motivate, but I think I, I would go on the defensive side of the ball more than the offensive side of the ball. We obviously all want someone who can win, but uh but I'm not and I'm not even sure I differ from you guys, but I just that's my perspective is that I would prefer a stronger D than offense.
2: I think the one question mark that we're all dealing with here is will Bud stick around, right? So every answer it doesn't really mean the same thing depending on whether Bud would stick around or not. I don't think he's going to I think he'll find a head coaching job somewhere else if you were to bring in you know somebody that overlaps with him too much or that he doesn't fit well with but it does impact the real question right Joe that is Bud actually going to stay because then you can go with a lot more offensive minded coach and not have to worry about the defense thinking that he's going to stick around as defensive coordinator but I I think that's a that's a bridge too far, I think, at this point. I think Bud has been interviewing for head coaching jobs for a long time, and even when I, he said in his own his own tweet, I think it was in his own kind of uh, statement, that Texas A&M, that was the closest he almost came to taking a job, they could pay him a, a good amount of money at, at other schools. Maybe he'll take that.
1: Yeah, I think it's going to be tricky. I think if Tech hires a defensive coach, there's no way that Bud's staying you know, I had the opportunity to interview him and spend a whole day with him, and you know, I wrote about just a small part of that. But you know, we were in, you know, talking about his strategy and you know, football. Like for example, like Kirby Smart at Alabama. I mean, they're a thirty-four team, a two-back, a, a two-gap defense. I and mean, I, I, I talked to Button. He flat out said to quote something like, "I I, I don't do two-gap defense." I I know when people are always talking about like, why don't we run the thirty-four with Tim Settle with bud foster it's like literally bud foster does not do a 34 defense because he does not know how to coach two gap defense his thing is you know one gap his defense what he's you know like kirby smart came in the door like he wouldn't be an asset to the, to the team anymore like he wouldn't know he, he wouldn't be bud foster um you know i think if you get uh one of these other coaches who's an offensive coach i think there's a, a likelihood that you get to keep bud as well which will be good and i mean i'll 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 Stick my hand uh, hat out for Bud and say like I know I I don't know even know how this got started but I think there is like kind of like this you know uh, uh, I don't know I'll say the word meme but like you know everyone thinks like Bud like isn't like head like you said uh, head coaching material I think that's commonplace among tech fans it's like I asked him about that and he he really just didn't get it and I, I did not get it I mean I went to you know, I spent the day with him we went out to lunch uh, we, uh, we we everyone who came in the room. The first person they gravitated to, you know, uh, we were at a, a clubhouse was Bud, right? They walked in, Bud you know, stood up. Bud literally knew every person's name that came into the establishment we app When we were in Merriman, he gave me an entire tour of Merriman. I felt like I was on a recruiting trip. We basically I walked in the door, he shook my hand, we started from the beginning of Merriman, he walked me around all three floors, whatever that is the facility, he pointed everything out. He knew every person's name in that building. And that that's like I, I I wanted to write something like I thought I was on like 60 Minutes, where like one of those CEOs takes you around their facility, and he's like, "Oh, hey, Denny, how are you doing? Hey, Sally, you know, how are the kids?" <laughs> he he literally knew everyone, and that that's like the stuff that just blew blew my mind because I don't think people know that about Bud. It was very CEO like. So, but it's a, it, I mean, it's,
2: and this is coming from me. I, I've spent a lot of time in your website. It is a very strong feeling, and a lot of people quote i don 't claim to know anybody that is a, a big booster for the for Virginia Tech or anything along those. there are a lot of people out there that claim and claim i 'm going to use as the operative word that something happened with Bud and he will never be evaluated as a head coach. What do you make of that because i 'm always hearing that through third parties i don 't know anything i don 't even actually care. I love Bud Foster. So much, I would wish to have a throne of him in, uh, in my room one day, but what are, what are your thoughts? Does that have any merit to it? Because a lot of people throw that around that something happened with Bud Foster or, or something along the lines, and that that kind of kicked him out of the head coaching uh, carousel.
1: I think if i i've heard like i said i 've heard that like people just don't think he's quote unquote head coaching material and it's just been so vague i've never heard of a specific thing he did, and I wouldn't even want to speculate on it um i, I like i said i just I just don 't get it because he came off as someone who could like shake hands and and grease you know grease wheels and you know you know the fact that I met him the first time I met him the next day when I went to you know, went back over just to get some, uh, I had to go back to Merriman for a meeting with someone else in the athletic department. And, you know, as soon as he saw me walk in my car, he's like, oh, hey, Joe, how are you doing? Like, just the fact that he knew my name after one time. And, you know, I don't know people's names after me. Like, that's one of the worst things about me. It's like, it takes me a while to remember people's <laughs> names. And it's like for, it, it means a lot when you do just that little simple gesture. Um, you know, I think his players love him. You know, I mean, he was all over it. Like, uh, it was—I think we did in July or June, something like that. So it was like the kids were with, you know, just the strength and conditioning at that standpoint. But um, you know, as they were walking by and like he, 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 he just—the I wish everyone who says that about Bud could have been been there to kind of feel it. I just got a sense of, and and I'll be honest, before that, I kind of thought the same thing. I was like, well, how is this guy, you know, going to be head coach? And then I spent time around him, and I was just like, I left, and I was just like. If Bud's our next head coach, I'm okay with that because I think he could do something. I think he has big ideas. Um, I think him as head coach carries a lot more weight on the recruiting trail instead of him as defensive coordinator. So I think he could hit the trail a little bit harder. Um, but I, you know, everything that's been reported says that Wit's going to look, you know, outside. You know, national national people, you know, from USA Today, from SI, they all think he's going to go outside.
0: I'm glad that this is this came up because. I just said that exact phrase that Bud isn't head coach material. And some of that is because of what I've been hearing and what we've all been hearing for years is that, you know, he is an assistant. He is a defensive coordinator first. And it's funny though, because I have a lot of friends who root for other teams, Notre Dame and USC or whoever. And they're always like, so is Bud Foster going to get a look? And I'm like, I don't think so. And they're like, why not? And I don't have a great answer. I just – this just – I am I know what the fan base has been looking for. I know what uh, we all expect, and it's that we expect Bud to not be in play for the head coach job where a couple of years ago that might not have been the case. And this isn't the first questionable year we've had on defense, but that shouldn't prevent someone who is supposed to be a head coach to be a head coach. And that's why I'm glad that, that we're talking about this because Bud is a candidate. He's no doubt a candidate. It's unfortunate that I just don't think with the way the pressure is and because he's linked to Beamer that he's going to get a shot. Like he's, he's not going to be our next head coach. I think that's clear. I think anyone who is, follows the program as closely as we do – would see that i I think that if he was named the next head coach we 'd be shocked would
1: I, I would I would agree with that, and I think it's you know it 's like you don 't want to like i mean it 's really binary it 's like he either gets a job or he doesn't it 's not like he half gets a job and you can sort of feel good for him you know what i mean um, i think the ha maybe I'll, maybe i 'll maybe I'll step back on that I guess the half would be he stays on as defensive coordinator, but i think there's some there's some fans who just kind of want at this point like a clean break and i mean maybe Maybe that's what the athletic department wants, too. They just want to have a split. But, I mean, I think Witt went out of his way. I mean, Witt's not a dummy. We all we all know he's a great athletic director. I mean, when he re-signed him to his new deal, I mean, I think he re-signed him knowing that he would be here past Frank Beamer. So, I mean, it almost seems like he had the goal in mind to have the option, you know, to keep Bud. And it's like, if I'm an offensive coach and I'm new and I need someone with experience, you know, I, I think Bud brings that. He, who he better? Under, he Exactly. He understands the culture of the team. He understands the personnel. And, you know, like he, he told me he had, you know, he had ways to improve the program and it's like at some level, you know, he's bud and he's been there a long time, but you know, Frank's been the head coach. He's been the decision maker. It'd be nice
0: to hear him out.
1: Ex- exactly. Like I, I really sincerely hope that he gets at the very least a fair shot at the job because I think it's, a, I think it's, I think that's probably the ultimate slap in the face where they've already written him off. Like, I think he deserves to come in. He deserves to interview, deserves to pitch his ideas. Um,
0: that I will agree with, and if you told me tomorrow that tech decided that Bud Foster is our next head coach from a recruiting aspect i wouldn 't be
1: ecstatic, but from an overall
0: aspect i 'd be like all right let 's
1: see what he can do yeah i think I would be at, I would one hundred percent be at peace with it i think I think the thing that 's going to hurt Bud is not having the the head coach experience at another job, and I asked him about that, and he basically said like "Look, i think i 've done enough on the field." here, and I think I've taken on a responsibility here to you know offset that. I think athletic directors don't want to hear that, though. I think they want someone with experience. Like I don't think Witt's going to go out. Like, I know Pep Hamilton, uh, well, this is for later in the show, but I know Pep Hamilton just got fired, and tech fans are talking about him as potential head coach, and it's like, well, I mean, he doesn't have head coaching experience, and he has even less coordinator experience as Bud, so it's just like... Um,
2: I, I do have a quick question for you, though, and I don't have the answer to this, so I'm going to put you on the spot, is though the big recruits that we've lost out of Virginia, if we did end up, and I you know let me tell you i when I wrote in after Whit Badcock came in, Babcock came in and then we hired uh buzz. I actually uh, doubled my donation to, to the Hokie Club. And I put in my donation, I would double it again if if Bud got hired as head coach. And this was probably now, what, two years ago, I think, when he, he originally came in. So I, I'm a big proponent. Yeah, year and a half. I'm a big proponent of, of Bud Foster. But on the recruiting trail... He that he doesn't help. He doesn't help us, and that's kind of where we're struggling. Some of our big recruits that we're losing. Do, do you think we can get them back with Bud Foster? Because we're missing out on some big recruits. And I'm not asking this to put you on the spot. It's more as this is what I'm thinking about. Because I love Bud. I don't. I I don't know what else to do, than think about what he, what could he do different than he already has been doing as a recruiter on the you know for some of these big time recruits that were losing to Alabama, Florida State, et cetera?
1: Well, I think like I said already for for starters he could have kind of that, you know, cachet of being the head coach. I think that's number 1. Because I mean, if you look at Texas recruiting, it's been kind of split up by territory. So Bud really isn't in the 757. You know, Bud yeah, helped request uh, when Josh Sweat was on a visit, he helped you know, he was there, Deshaun Han was there. Um, you know, but Bud wasn't their primary recruiter because of the way that Frank basically, you know, the staff kind of chopped it up. He, he was involved, but he wasn't like the point guy is the way I'll put it or the way I understand it. I mean, Bud basically got, went out and recruited Wyatt Teller. I mean, no one really gives him any credit for that. That was Bud. Uh, um, true,
0: but he didn't end up playing defense. Right. But, <laughs> hey, I, and Teller,
1: you know, everyone wanted everyone was pissed when Teller got moved to offense. I literally talked to Teller's, uh, coach in high school. I interviewed that guy, uh, Man, his name's off the top of my head. but A great uh, high school coach talked to him. And I was like, I watched this kid's film, and this kid looks like an offensive lineman all the way, just the fastest feet. And he's like, he's like, yeah, man, I don't know why anyone's recruiting this kid as a. The only the only school I recruited him as a lineman was Oregon, and he was like, this kid's an NFL lineman. I was like, yeah, wow. we watched his film, we thought the same thing. Um, he wouldn't have been he wouldn't have been a defensive end in Bud's scheme. He wouldn't have been a defensive tackle. Offensive line's his position at tech, but I think even McMillan, because Bud's up in this Northern Virginia area, like McMillan might have been. Uh, if, if, I want to say McMillan Bud had a hand in because again he covers this Northern Virginia area. So there's guys that he's gotten. He's just never gotten like the buzz as like the hot recruiter. But like, look at what our quote unquote hot recruiters are doing the seven five seven right now, and it's a whole lot of nothing. Like, I mean, they're missing out on all these guys. Um, I think to I think to I I've never I I'm not gonna say Bud's like the guy that has burned down the recruiting trail, but he's gotten his his fair share of of players. Um, I think it's. I definitely think it's a question mark if he gets hired as head coach. But I, I really do think that Frank was a liability in, in recruiting from his age standpoint and from his longevity. Um, and I think Bud kind of uh, quashes that with you know how long he would be here. Um,
0: well, let's talk about candidates then. Sure. And this is where it's going to get a little bit dicey. I'm sure. Getting loud. Uh, there's been a lot of names that we've seen linked to the job. And because it's a good job, a lot of people want this job, especially guys that are not at power five level teams right now. Or that a lot vi- of
1: agents want to make their coaches more money. And Virginia
0: Tech is is attractive it as is. for all the for all the things we mentioned earlier. From what and I've heard, there's a lot of interest in this. I'm going to go through and I'm going to run off the names, and most of you out there probably know where most of these guys are from. If you don't. If they're important enough, we'll probably get to it. But here are the names, and then I'm going to ask Joe and Robbie for some of their favorites and maybe some guys who they don't want on the job and maybe a sleeper that I didn't mention. So here are the names. Matt Campbell, Toledo head coach, Larry Fedora, Justin Fuente, Pep Hamilton, Tom Herman, Butch Jones, Chad Morris, Rich Rod, Mark Richt, Kirby Smart, Mark Stoops, Matt Wells, Utah State head coach. Dino Babers, Bowling Green head coach. Dan Mullen, Matt Rule, Temple head coach. Willie Fritz, Georgia Southern head coach. Of these guys, do you have a number one who you would want for tech? And, and keep in mind, these are the guys that are suggested via media outlets. But really, these are very substantial names like these are the guys who we think could be hired so do you have a favorite from this list or is your favorite someone not on this list
1: my favorite is tom herman uh the houston coach you know he's recruiting kids there he has the uh the lineage with urban meyer you know i think he i think he's offense like from an offensive standpoint he's what i want in a coach uh i I love that uh single wing spread that ohio state runs i love the fact that they they basically just run mostly, you know, power blocking scheme with either the power plays or the QB counters, or inverted veers. Um, and he's just a fantastic, he's proving right now to be a fantastic recruiter. And I think uh, most, he was probably the most highly regarded recruiter on Urban Meyer's staff last year. And, you know, Urban's notorious for only hiring just, you know, grinders on the trail. And I would assume that's trickled down to Herman. So, you know, that's my, that that's my uh, dream, dream coach right now.
2: My dream coach, and we're going to go through a list of a couple coaches, right? But I'll start with my dream. Also happens to be Tom Herman, uh, for many of the same reasons that Joe just alluded to, that I think he's a fantastic coach. I think he learned a lot from Urban Meyer. You can say whatever you want about Urban Meyer, but that guy's a winner, and I think he you know, learned from, from a really winning uh, coach right there. He has has been relentless on the offensive side of the ball. You know, whether it would be at Texas State, Rice, Iowa State, now he's at Houston. He's broken uh, uh, many, many records at all of those schools on the offensive side of the ball. So it's um, it's been proven no matter where he goes, even if he recruits well or doesn't recruit well, he knows how to coach an offense. And his kid's name is Maverick, so... Uh, I think that is one of the most important uh, sides of things. Uh, Top Gun style. His kid is Maverick.
0: That's all that matters. Well, that fits in really well because I went as Maverick for Halloween last last Saturday at first down. I think you guys were there. And I had the jumpsuit on, and it got us a win. So I, I like Tom Herman just for that. And if I had to choose, he'd probably be in my number one. But I'm going to play the other side of this for another candidate on this list. And... Part of the reason is because of fit. I really like Justin Fuente at Memphis. He's basically the same age as Tom Herman. Herman's 40, Fuente's 39. And they both have similar backgrounds in that they coach offense and have a specialization in quarterback coaching. Fuente was on the TCU staff that had their undefeated season with Andy Dalton. And maybe Fuente's not the recruiter that Tom Herman would be and maybe not as big time as Tom Herman would be but i feel like Fuente in some ways would be a better fit in blacksburg especially long term he knows how to develop talent i mean the things that he did with that memphis program is nothing short of a miracle he he's 18 and 3 in his last two years that's ridiculous he's undefeated he'd be old miss this year as probably any college football knows College football fan knows this guy is a really, really good coach. Tom Herman may be your Urban Meyer light, and by any stretch, I would want him as my head coach, and I love Tom Herman. But Fuente is right behind him in terms of these candidates. Candidates, I really, really like his style, and I think he could do a great job and would be a good fit
1: at Tech. I'm going to go a bit off the radar here. I'm not sure if he's my number two guy, but I'm going to bring him up because I think the fit, um, the fit is just phenomenal with this guy. And that is Steve Adazio, the current Boston College coach. And I think a lot of tech... I think a lot of tech fans are gonna look a lot of tech fans. Did I steal that did I steal him from you too? No, you did not. But I
2: on this podcast throughout the year, I've I've been Robbie loves Adazio. I love Adazio.
1: You know, we have a dude with Trayvon McMillan. Um Adazio is also an Urban Meyer disciple. Like whether, you know, that really gets brought up or not, like Urban pretty much wanted him to take over at Florida when, you know, he was sick, uh, which coincidentally was about six months before he took the Ohio State job. Um Or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. Anyways, you know I think Adazio like runs that type of offense. We all love like he's just going to mash you in the box. He's power running. Uh, His defense, considering they have very little talent, you know, you know, star power wise, is phenomenal. Uh, We all saw that kind of firsthand uh, at Boston College and just watching tape on those guys. They were they were they were phenomenal. You know, I guess his drawbacks are like he doesn't have a connection really to the Atlantic region. I'm pretty sure he's from.
0: I I want to say he's from Connecticut.
1: Uh, uh, He was a Connecticut high school coach, if I remember correctly. Mm -hmm. But he's from New England, so you know I don't think he has that connection to the Atlantic region. But you know, I mean, I I don't think we're going to really get a guy. I don't think there's a guy available that has like uh, a Virginia tie, um, or you know, I think the best we're going to do is an Atlantic region tie. But if we get some recruiters around him, he could be very solid. So I think I think Adazio has head coaching experience. He can run the damn football, and he apparently now can coach up a defense.
2: I love that. That's a. A great pick. I actually haven't heard that yet from anybody, and I love Adazio. I think he's a hard nosed guy. He's a straight shooter, and, you know, recruiting, and we were talking about this uh, earlier this week, I think you, you and me, Pete, about how hard it is to get talent up in, in, in Boston, and it's not good. You could all, you know, you recruit big, heavy offensive linemen and defensive linemen. That's it. You're not getting much out out of uh, New England in terms of talent, and he still is trying to mash together a program there, and he's doing a pretty good job of it, even in in some sense that they're not winning a lot, but they're really they're putting together good games. So last year's I,
1: team was their team last year was solid. They were, they were solid.
2: Yeah. So my my second in line is going to be I was going to call an audible here, but I'm going to go with it is going to be Kirby Smart. Uh I know he's a defensive-minded uh, coach but I think you know I was actually talking to French a lot uh during the BC game that we were all hanging out at and he brought up a really great point which I hadn't really thought of which in Virginia in you know the area that we are it's a lot harder to get position talent on the offensive side of the ball. It's a lot easier to to build up athletes and have them play defense, which I I never really thought about football that way in terms of recruiting. And when I got to thinking about that, it actually kicked Kirby Smart up to the top of of, you know, the list for me, and his point was that, you know, if you can play really good defense, you know, and that's what Virginia Tech does. You can get back on track from what Virginia Tech does really quickly. And Kirby Smart is a defensive mind. If you know, if nothing else proves it, his his stats over the years have really proven how good he is. I would like to see what he could do with some seven five seven talent and what he could do with you know the ACC Coastal and actually wrecking havoc on what's gonna <laughs> what's gonna be always. Uh, a mediocre offensive uh, you know, talent that he's going up against. So I think he could win a lot of games. I think he could actually produce very well. question is what you would do with
0: your offensive coordinator, but I think Kirby Smart's a, a nice choice. I really like the Adazio pick, and I think I didn't even think of him as a candidate until watching the game last week, and I'm like, this guy actually would be a good head coach for us. He fits exactly what I would want in the defensive side and the smash mouth running the football side. That's a really good pick by Joe. I think if you're asking me for a sleeper, it would be Charlie strong. And we know he's had his issues at Texas this past year. And there's kind of a, the ad situation is very much in flux. I think Charlie strong would fit perfectly with, with what Virginia tech wants to do as well. He can recruit, You've seen the talent that Louisville has put in the draft over the last two years. They've had 14 guys drafted over the last two years, and I'm not sure anyone's done better than that, but Florida State and maybe Alabama. They've put eight guys in the first three rounds alone. He knows talent. He's a defensive first guy. It's also kind of fits Witt's, uh mojo of finding a guy who's not quite happy in a, in a good situation seemingly he's been in Tommy Tuberville at Texas tech wit pulled him out brought him to Cincinnati to be the head coach buzz Williams at Marquette seemingly a good situation pulled him out put him at Virginia tech could that be the same situation with Charlie strong it's a sleeper I know it's a long shot but I like the potential there especially with all the whispers of Charlie strong potentially going to Miami which I think would also be a good fit for him because he knows that recruiting base from his time at Florida. But let's just mention a few other guys. And I gave you the names, but Matt Rule and Chad Morris are two other big names that have been mentioned. If you had to choose between those two names, Joe, who are you going with?
1: Uh, I would go with – I think Matt Rule is kind of the guy you have to go with right now. I think Chad Morris you know, being one and seven or whatever he is at – SMU and Rule kind of just building up Temple. Um,
2: Matt Rule is, he could be a lifer at Virginia Tech. He has that kind of personality. He is a genuine guy. Everybody that's ever met him has has loved him. Uh, I think he could be, go above and beyond. Chad Moore, he fell into a tough situation at SMU, so you're right. exactly right. Yeah, but I think Matt Rule could be a coach of the future. Not that I'm saying he's going to be, but he's kind of the bet that you kind of want to take every once in a while that Matt, he could be around for a long time.
1: Matt Rule is like, I I mean, I don't know much about the guy, and I haven't watched much Temple football. But, I mean, uh, you watch him. I was watching him you know, when they played Notre Dame, and he's just an awkward guy. Like, I don't know if anyone else got that vibe. No, I get he's, that vibe. He seems very, he seems very uh, almost introverted type of thing, like nerdy. He seems like, you know, he might. He just kind of seems like a, like almost like a, a, pinky in the brain, like the brain type thing, where he's just like kind of like really masterminding everything. Um, you know, I, I know he has. T- I think he's a Penn State guy, so he I mean, played
0: linebacker at Penn State.
1: Yeah, so I mean, he could. You know, I think that's probably like his. If he, if we're talking lifers, that's his lifer destination. But at knowing the Atlantic region is going to really help, and knowing like tech. Uh, French brings this up all the time, but when Tech was really good, they used to bring a lot of linemen and a lot of tough defensive players out of that Pennsylvania area. So I mean, he could you know make some solid inroads there. Um, I think he would be a very solid choice. Chad Morris is just interesting because like he runs that smash mouth uh, running game, but I mean, it's just what he's. It's going to be hard to sell a one win coach to the fan base right now.
0: I think that Chad Morris has really really interesting upside. And I know he's one in seven at SMU. They, he inherited a bunch of crap and it's been literally two, three months. So I think with time, Chad Morris could build, build SMU into an AAC uh, champion and perennial champion in that conference because of his Texas ties. He coached for, I think it was 16 years in 16 seasons in Texas high school football he knows that area. He, he coached at Lake Travis, took them to back-to-back titles, which is the same high school that Michael, Michael Brewer went to. Chad had just left for Clemson at the time, but the only reason we have Michael Brewer is because of Chad Morris. He recommended him to, I think it was Shane, and then we took a look at him, and we brought, ended up bringing him in. I think Chad Morris really wants the Virginia Tech job. I think he would be a good hire. If you if you hired any of these four guys, Fuente, Herman, Rule, Morris of the candidates that are out there, I think you really couldn't go wrong. I think they could all do a great job. I like Morris's potential. He's a great recruiter and although he's offensive, I think he's the type of guy that might be able to keep Bud in the fold. So again, Morris to me, it's hard to rank these guys like Yeah, I'd want Herman first, I think, because I think he's the most big time. But honestly, I could take any four of them and make a case why I think it's the best one. And that's what makes it so difficult. And Joe kind of gave us a sleeper a little bit earlier with the Adazio pick. Robbie, I was curious if you have a sleeper uh, similar to my Charlie Strong sleeper.
2: Just one. We're going to keep this one on the radar just so I hope that... We're covering enough grounds that when the coach gets hired, we don't look like idiots because nobody was there. Uh, I'm going to go with Kyle Whittingham out of Utah. I know that he's had a lot of struggles with the Utah the administration there, and he's actually well. Everybody's seen them on on you know Sports Center, but he's done well. I mean he's he's been there two years in the nine and four, seven and one in conference. In a conference that they should not be winning in. Utah is not a recruiting base that's easy to bring in players in in that conference. I think he is a legit talent. I think he, he brings in a fan base that is hurting in a lot of ways. And I think I like him. I think he could be somebody that has a lot of morals. And we're talking about what makes Frank different than everybody else. He's done things right. I feel like he has done things right in a lot of places, and that could be a way to bridge uh, a lot of things for Virginia Tech, bringing in a guy that is you know, both a good person and a good coach.
0: I love Kyle Whittingham. I think that would be amazing if he came to Tech. It's tough to see him out of the Utah situation, but that's why he's a sleeper. That's why Charlie Strong is a sleeper. That's why Adazi is a sleeper because they're kind of long shots, but all three of those guys I feel like would be good fits. Is there anyone that you two do absolutely not want to see coach Virginia Tech next year? Because there's some names on that list where I'm kind of like, I don't think so. Fedora kind of jumps out. Maybe Butch Jones. But is there someone else maybe?
2: Frank Beamer. <laughs> that would be weird.
1: <laughs> I, think, I think the elephant in the room is uh, the Rich Rodriguez. I'll bring him up. Is that that's kind of the elephant in a room that everyone you know thinks is going to be the guy? He has that connection with Whit from when they were at West Virginia.
2: I, well, hold on, I'm going to cut you off. I don't think people think he's going to be the guy. I actually don't think he's going to be the guy. I think
1: I think French thinks says, he's is going to be the guy. French is having like panic attacks.
2: I think. Um, well, a lot of people. Wh- what happened during the coaching hire? N- nobody actually brought up Buzz Williams during the entire coaching hire process. And, oh, I. And Whit, I agree. Like, so. I, I don't have a lot of confidence that it would be rich. And in fact, I think this is a way to vet out rich in a lot of ways, so, not as many ways as as many posts as have happened. But I think, I think you're good getting rid of, I don't think rich is going to happen.
1: Someone's pumping rich's name, whether it be his agent or whether wits leaking it out, which she said he was, you know, when he hired uh buzz, he said, he's not the type of AD that'll leak out information to just vet guys. Um, but I mean every quote unquote insider at ESPN at you know USA Today, everyone's saying that Rich Broad is is the front runner for the job right now. And so that's that's probably the agent work in the media. Um, it's also
0: been talked about for many months that like him and Witt were having some backdoor conferences, whether it may be six, three, four whatever it was over the summer, but we heard it. And it was a thing and now that the position's actually open, it's got a lot of legs and it's like it's, a spider. Has it's
1: most legs.
0: It's funny how not that long ago I feel like more of the fan base would have been on board with a Rich Rod hire. And now because Arizona's struggling, um we're kind of cooling off on that, but it's like, I remember asking my friends, like when I first heard the rumors and I think it might've been over the summer of like, wow, rich rod might come to tech like, and, and they might pair him with bud. And we're all thinking like, this is a great idea. Like this, this seems really, really good. Forget the fact that he was, you know, uh, the, the West Virginia head coach that, uh, that matters to some tech fans, but to a lot of us that want to win, we we could throw allegiances out the window. It's just like when Saban was the coach of LSU. As soon as he became a candidate at Alabama, they're welcoming him with open arms. And if Rich Rod was that hot head coach who was going to take us to the promised land, screw the West Virginia bias. But here's the thing. Arizona has struggled. Rich Rod has a ceiling, seemingly, in terms of recruiting, his attitude, People have mentioned, you know, the fact that he might not be the nicest guy in the world, and that doesn't mesh well with the fan base that's used to Frank I, Beamer. I
1: read an anecdote that said he didn't talk to his quarterback for two weeks after they lost that BCS bowl game because he was so irate of his performance in the game. Which that I, that's just like that's a problem. I've never even heard of such a thing. Like, and I was like, I've been going back and forth with French on this, and so I think there are. Uh, I've I'm, been I'm in the process of writing a really long coaching overview thing, and I think the way I worded it uh, was there's unbecoming. There's many unbecoming Rich Rod anecdotes where it's nothing damning. Like If you don't talk to your quarterback for two weeks, that's not a big deal. But when you don't talk to your quarterback for two weeks and you're shredding papers to get out the door at West Virginia – and you're pissing off kids at Michigan and they're transferring and your former players are not saying you're a family guy. Then it starts to build up as, you know, a care then you're getting some evidence on the board, you know what I mean?
2: I would only I a hundred percent agree. I you guys have gotten me on board with the total anti Rich Rod uh speak and what getting him out of keeping him out of Blacksburg, I guess. But a lot of the same things happen with Urban Meyer, right? a lot of he does not have a good history at Florida a lot of things that had happened but he's a winning coach he so the question is for us what do we care about and i'm going to cut you off in this sense i care more about what we have especially after seeing what's happened today in the past week and the past weeks and and since you know beamer decided he was going to retire i care more about our culture at virginia tech now more than ever and it's taken a lot of progressions for me to get to that place i actually care more about what we are as a fan base what we are as a coaching you know institution like what we are and how we're treating our students i care about that more than anything else so i agree with you if there are questions about a coach's you know the way that he treats his players the way that he you know runs his personal life I'm on board with that because I think this has taught us a lot about what it means to be a coach in these past couple of weeks and seeing what's happened with, you know, Frank Beamer, because it's it's pretty amazing to see the, the outcry and just the you know, to for him to be recognized as what a great person he is. Joe, we thank you so much for coming on and we want to get into what really matters, which is the key play. You've had a, a tough day today where one of uh, one of your hashtags, I think, went national and was one of the hottest topics in, I think, the United States at one point. And what was that? What, what happened there?
1: Uh, the game day for Frank. And I think <laughs> it was kind of crazy because I don't think fa- Facebook does just trending. It doesn't have like regional trending. It's just trending. And it got all the way up to number two. And we could not overtake little Wayne's house (laughs) or something like that. Uh, but yeah, it was kind of crazy. Like I knew, you know, uh, just, just kind of, uh, I have a computer science background and I don't have a social media background, but I guess everyone's kind of like a social media expert now, but it's like, I've learned over the years, like what I know has potential to be something. And it's like, I, uh, to go to to get something to kind of go viral you just can't like throw it out there i mean you really do have to plan it like i've you know we've been planning the strategy around this for the last like 4 or 5 days when you know the right time to post it you know how to kind of get it out there and it did it, you know everyone so hopefully we can get game to tech for frank because that would be awesome
2: well them. you had every big time player for virginia tech was a part of this i think whit babcock was one of the last ones to tweet it we had everybody uh buzz williams tweeted it out so congratulations to you guys on on representing one of who's going to be one of the best coaches of all time so let's get into the key play um and you know the, the foundations of of that website that you've built from the ground up what was what was the motivation for you to build up you know and start the key play and and when did you actually start it i I have an idea, but I kind of want to know when did it get off ground
1: uh, I started it in March of twenty ten I think it was like March seventh or something like that and uh the motivation. Um, excuse me, was essentially that I just didn't like the other forms kind of really, I mean, Twitter was out there, I guess, but it was kind of an infant type deal. But, uh, I just didn't like the other message board, you know, communities. Like it was just a lot of bickering and not a lot of, not a lot of intelligent discussion. And, um, you know, I've learned a lot over the way. I mean, the, I I read a lot of stuff about this. I kind of nerd out about, you know, like community building online and it's really hard to maintain, uh, a community, a level, a level of discourse. Like I read Hacker News, which is a big uh, startup community, and uh, certain subreddits. And it's like the more people you bring on, you have to be very, you know, kind of selective of of who kind of stays in. It's like I think we do a good job. The community itself does a good job policing itself. And well, and
2: you step in a lot of times, which is one of the things. I, you know, I'm an avid, avid reader of the Key Keyplay. Um, I've been a member for a long time, and one of the things that you do very well is step in. Not very often, but just at like the right time, like most of the extreme times. And a lot of times, the, the both the the writers, yourself, they step in at the right time to keep people on track of what actually matters, which is the sport, what you're talking about. You do a, a tremendous job with that. With And it it means a lot because things can get out of hand on message boards.
1: Yeah, I think having like our, our rules, the community guidelines where it's no politics, no religion, none of the hot you know, flame war inducing stuff. I mean, if we start a flame war over a good football discussion, you know, I'll allow it. If people, there's really no one that just tries to, you know, nudge people. Like, I mean, more or less, they just don't get the time of day or, you know, they just get downvoted and that's kind of the end of them. Uh, So, I mean, I think we've done a great job policing ourselves. I mean, I've had a ton. I think the community deserves a lot of it because, I mean, it started out, like I said, really small. And, you know, I always said, like, what, what, what we write, Kind of like in our discussion before about kind of like the head coach being reflective of the team inheriting the personality of the head coach. I think what we write being so in depth and so long form and so, you know, detail oriented, um, I think lends itself to more in depth conversations. So I think it, you know, we that's the type of content we put out. We're not really a clickbait site. We're not trying to get, you know, page views. We want to really just talk about football and now basketball, I guess.
2: I know it's coming in. So. You said to me, uh, the way I met you, Joe, was, um, you know, through basically Virginia Tech football. Actually, purely Virginia Tech football. That's I sent you a message, and then you responded back very kindly. And you said to me, after you found out that we were trying to start a podcast, you said, you know, what you were trying to do at the beginning was you basically pour your heart and soul into it, and then after that. You just hope it doesn't really suck and then you hope you get like a couple of listeners after one or two, which uh, I think it stuck with me and Pete, you know, a lot. And, you know, we don't have a ton of listeners and you have a lot more page views and stuff like that. When did you, one, How were you, how were how did you stick with it when it wasn't going so well very early on? And two... When did you know it was getting legs and you knew it was going to last? When did you know that people were going to get you know kind of hooked on it and stick with it?
1: Oh man, uh, so you know i I stuck with it because I like it. Like I like talking. I've mean, been sitting here bullshitting about Virginia <laughs> Tech football for like two hours, and it's been probably the be the best two hours of my week. So I just like talking about Virginia Tech football. So I mean, it's like. You'll add if you if you like if you if you like doing something or like doing a work. It's not really a job. It's just you know it's like you like doing it. So I think that helps stick to it. Um, it's been really like to answer your next question about like getting like legs. Probably like the twenty thirteen season maybe. Role. really after the Sugar Bowl, I wrote something when we lost the Sugar Bowl that got a lot of attention about you know I was really proud of the team even though they lost and it brought in a lot of new readers. And then I think French came on board in, for the 2011 season, he started writing stuff, but then really came on board the 2012 season. And he's, you know, he's kind of just like, whenever we bounce ideas each other off the time, he's like the best. Um, So, I mean, he definitely has definitely helped the website, you know, that his football insights are great. And then just, you know, the rest of the people we have, I mean, we probably have like 10 people that contribute at some level, um, whether it's, you know graphics or mark doing photography or you know mason's doing x's and o's stuff and uh jeff byer uh who was a former walk-on quarterback doing his x's and o's um you know pearson i have to name drop everyone else so i don't leave anyone else but Pearson (laughs) and brian you know everyone
2: we had mason on earlier so we're we're gonna rip through we're gonna rip through the entire the entire staff so we went to the top um How that actually leads in? I don't mean to cut you off, but with coverage, how do you guys manage that? Because there's so many news articles coming out at all the same time. You guys have the games, the cover, you have X's and O's. Now you have basketball that you guys are covering very, very well. Uh, You have, you know, you know, Bill Dozer that's doing videos. There's a lot. I mean, there's a lot of things going in different directions. How do you manage it all?
1: Um, I guess I kind of manage it. I think there's different levels, like management. Uh, like Alex, for example, he kind of just, you know, Alex is a phenomenal writer. Like there's stuff he writes. You know, I think Alex, when he wrote his feature on like Daddy and Maddie with Wiles and talked to those coaches, like Daddy Nicholas, like literally tracked him down after a practice and told him that was the most. Uh, honest thing, the most truthful thing, sincere thing someone's ever written about it. That that huge. article
2: was literally incredible. I it, that was an amazing, and, amazing article. I, I, I if got, anybody hasn't read that, you have to go out there and read that article about Maddie and Daddy from you know Florida that are all from the same. Atlantic. Yeah, it was incredible. So. Yeah,
1: I mean, I I want to submit it to. I told him I was like, we got to submit that to like. There's VA awards where it's like readership online of certain levels but i think it's but the the thing about that is like i didn't even edit one word of that like alex is just such a great writer where like he just he writes it and after three weeks of him uh, writing for the website it just got to the point where i was like i really don't need to do anything with their stuff you just do it and um you know I, I we just have a lot of people that work hard like i mean uh joey you know joey's come on and like uh he, he's a Gonna, he's gonna be like a either a statistician or a business person but he's just a hard worker i mean he's one of the most hard-working people i know and he's in college i mean he, he grinds like he the stuff he does at the press conferences like i think we all know kind of like we ruffled the the rest of the football beats feathers <laughs> and that's just literally, all right we're not going there yeah no, I'm just, <laughs> that's literally because joey just goes out there and out hustles people i mean he goes and he transcribes entire interviews you know, he just sits down and just bangs it out. And there's no reason why anyone else can do that. And honestly, a lot of those guys, uh, from what I've heard, share notes, where they transcribe portions and exchange to get the writing process faster because they're on deadline. Um, Joey doesn't do that. Joey just does all his work. So, I mean, I'm really fortunate to have. Like, I think when Frank was at Titus Back into football, anything you ever hear about, like, doing something, It's 100% true. You have to have good people around you. And, like, everyone, you know, if there's been a lot of people who've tried to contribute to the website and, like, it's kind of like a trial run. It's like, if you don't fit and you don't work hard, basically just tell you thank you for your time. But, you know, I I just don't think you're going to mesh with the rest of the team. So, like, everyone does it because they love Virginia Tech. You know, they love, you know, contributing and getting very little back, if anything, back. And uh, I'm just really fortunate that people people like dealing with me, number one, and putting up with me and, uh, and just and working really hard to make the website the best.
2: What's next for the key play? I know there's been some rumblings cause I follow it closely. Um, is it, you know, content or, or, or merchandise? You know, what's, what do you think is the next Avenue for the key play that you're trying to take it to, or are you comfortable where it is?
1: Uh no, well here. I'm gonna answer so I'm gonna go back and just say one thing about the other thing. And I also have a lot of people who like don't ever put their name on the website at all that help me with stuff. Like that just behind closed doors, like people that I trust. Um like my buddy Ryan who used who used to run uh Gobbler Country when it was actually not terrible. Uh he started that website. He's like one of my best friends. Uh he's always there to help me edit stuff. And then just yeah, if you're ever Heisman, he's he's mm-hmm. the best. Yeah. Um And then just other people that I can just bounce ideas off of. Like I'm always just asking people and they're always just like, yeah, I'll take a look at this and give you feedback. Feedback's invaluable. But to answer your question, um, uh, yeah, no, we're definitely not. We're getting better. So that's the thing every year. You just got to keep getting better and keep doing more. So I want to hire someone full time. That's our goal for the website. Uh, I know a lot of people have contributed money. We're probably about a quarter of the way there. Um, as far as merchandise, uh, the Buzzgaball shirts. No, are no,
2: no, we're the, you're you're kicked out. We'll get there. We're going to get in a there. there. I got another question. I'm I'm going to uh, give you every every avenue. Okay. All right. sure. In terms of the the content on the site, are you comfortable where you are? Because I am. I oh, love content
1: it. content wise. You know, we're always trying new things. You know, media online media is in a really interesting spot. Where I mean, literally, we try not to be a clickbait website, but I mean. Clickbait is what sells. If you look at what media websites are popular, I think what you have to kind of do is you have to do your clickbait stuff, um, but you also have to do your long form stuff. So we're always going to do, we're never going to get rid of the long form stuff. I'm not saying we're going to come out with a bunch of clickbait stuff, but like when you do like a funny picture, like say, like that picture of, you know, of Mark took a wit, like I was stupid not to put that on the front page of the website and share that on all of our social media because we got a million you know, retweets and likes and and that's how, and it's not even, it's, it's getting new, it's, it's customer acquisition at the end of the day. It's like, you're getting your name out there and, and say they see that photo, then they click on the homepage and they're like, Oh, what's this film review of 3000 word breakdown of zone replays. Let me start reading this. Oh shit. They have a million of these type of things. This is awesome. That's how you get a new uh, eyeball. I think, you know, a big thing is getting one new person to read the website every day. That's going to be an everyday reader is huge. And, um, you know, the content itself, uh, we're, you know, we're focusing more basketball. Like, you know, we were at the bass, Joe, Joe and Mark were at it's the a bas- big one uh, tonight. Yeah, they were there. We already have something published right and now. Buzz,
2: and Buzz had, you know, gone out with, uh, your, your tagline. Oh, he did? Going, Yeah. I didn't even he, know. He reposted and he, yeah, he retweeted your, your thing. And That's pretty cool. it was, it was pretty amazing. And, Tonight, he gave a long speech to all the fans and things like that. I, I was seeing it on Twitter. It's well, pretty hope, incredible what he does.
1: I hope Mark rec- Mark was there, Umansky, who does our photography, and he's been recording. Actually, the funny thing is I've been making Mark record every Sandman entrance, and of course, all the good ones were for the games that we lose, so we just have all these Sandman entrances that are just so kick-ass, that are never going to see the light of day. Um so I hope he recorded that video. But no, I mean, uh, you know, content-wise we're we're going to try to cover the basketball team the best as best as possible between Joe and and uh Brian and Alex. And then, you know, it's basically just back after a basketball season we're back to football. I mean, we have a new coaching staff, so you know, I have to make a decision on how we're going to, you know, we might go through the entire ro We're probably going to go through the entire roster and break it down the fit. Um I've tinkered with the idea of a preseason magazine, so when I do kind of the end of the year Q&A I have just a ton of preseason magazine stuff. And if that, I do do that, it's going to be a really big undertaking. Um, I'm not sure if that's the best way to do is to publish a paper magazine with an online website or to just package it or maybe do an ebook.
2: That is a really great idea, but I actually never, well, it's incredible. I
1: got, I've been doing a research. Like I got all, I have a bunch of magazine samples at my house of paper, different types of paper and stuff, but it, it's a lot of work to do. And it's like, if you make a mistake, then you're kind of screwed and, uh, I think an ebook might be the better way, or just to post everything on the website, uh, but kind of the big thing we 're working on it 's like we don 't have everything uh, fully it 's half it 's in the oven cookie right now is we 're coming up everyone wants these keychains uh, so we 're working on the design for the keychain uh, bottle opener and but it 's going to be really hard to get because we 're going to make it kind of an exclusive thing we don 't know what we 're calling the program yet, but we 're actually going to kind of brand and market um, the 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 contribution initiative so bill bill came up with an idea that i i'm gonna say the name and i'm not sure we're gonna stick with it but bill came up with the key players club which kind of is is just baller like i was thinking of the master key program which stinks well, what
2: how much money does this require because my I, wallet's right there and i will do this in a it's, second
1: i we haven't figured out the price points yet but it's probably going to be in along the lines of what like five dollars a month type of deal not we're not I'm gonna I'm
2: gonna ask the question then finally that got taken off my script I think uh, because I wasn't allowed. to w- You guys have never put up a paywall, nope. And I actually think it's one of the most important questions that needs to be asked: Is you guys stuck with basically uh, a free service that was, you know, sometimes you got actually many times you guys are bringing news to to the user, and sometimes the user is bringing news to you, and everybody's. Happy and I donate. I, I I like not a ton, but I I want to donate more and more every year, like everybody should because it's a great website. What what are your thoughts? How have you guys stuck by never setting up the paywall like some other other places have? Um,
1: well, it's hard. Like I know if I set up a paywall, that it could probably be like uh, I could easily have a full time employee and I could have someone that you know that could replace me like personally and I could do other stuff instead of editing work and you know doing the other stuff I do like I could focus on more business development stuff but it's just it everything takes time I think we're going to get there anyways um you know it's it's on the people if they have the cash they like the website to just contribute right like if you want to do it, it's like a pbs type deal and i really got close to doing the paywall and a bunch of people who had been long-time readers of the website made some really good points that i just mold on and digested and i was like they they make very good points like my whole idea was treat it as a business like the product is the website charge people for it have that relationship and i was and then i got talked out of it like it was like no we had something special already the culture there is um is is the community is that it's free is that like a college kid can jump in and say something he doesn't need to have you know money because we were all there but the hope is when they do have a good job that they and if they like reading french's articles or they like having someone at every you know sporting event covering it they like reading about the wrestling team that they would contribute some money because it's not free i mean it's it, everything you know the server you know costs uh, it, it's an undertaking so i mean the more i've always said the more I'm not making anything off this. Like literally it's just, it sits in an account and I use that to, to, to pay, to reinvest into the website. So I'm not getting like a vacation out of this or anything. It's uh, it's literally a time. It's a lot of time investment. And, um, That's why I wanted to put you on the spot because yeah, no, many
2: times, uh, Joe, you don't, you come off very modest and i'm going to put you on the spot and say that you don't take a lot out of this website and a lot of people don't understand that and people should understand that is the fact is this isn't this website is put out there for free and joe puts a ton of time into it and he's talked I, to I will, me about it in time and guess what all his writers do and all all the people who do coverage yeah. for him do and Fact is, is that if you can't donate to this, then you don't deserve to have to be on this website and see all the great coverage that they do, all the great articles that they do. The, I mean, the X's and O's that I can't find anywhere else to get X's and O's for Virginia Tech. No,
1: I mean that's like, I mean that's how you know we kind of distinguish ourselves by the community. The fact we're free, Um, and, and I, I mean to your point, like I. I would love it if everyone contributed something, but I understand we're like, you can't, like you just got laid off or you're a student or, you know, some people just don't have the extra change, but you know, I, a lot of the enjoyment I get out of it is, you know, I get a lot of enjoyment uh, by seeing other people enjoy it. Like I like the fact that people come and they, they learn something about football and they're not going to be kind of the idiot at the bar that's you know just run the ball or, you know, throw the ball 30 times like oh hey you know i read it this great breakdown of why we might not be doing that mm-hmm. um so it's that's it's you know doing this website's really rewarding for me it's rewarding to you know see people enjoy it so much um
2: and with that last one you also have merchandise right so yeah. i have i think i own every t-shirt that you've sold <laughs> because you. i love them so much um but Keychains are coming out. You have a, a lot of merchandise. There's a couple of different ways that if you're not just going to give straight money to the key play, there's other ways to give money. You can buy merchandise and they'll get a little bit of cream on the top. It's probably not very much, but if you can do anything for the key play, you should be doing it. So buy their shirts. What do you What do you guys got for? I think you got. So is the, everything in stock?
1: No. Uh, no. So I mean, the buzz about it's stuff, always burning,
2: You're always the, burning through it. Well, huh? I
1: mean, it's just really hard to make. It's like, we don't have a lot of money, so it's hard to make. We don't really maintain a, a, a stock, if you will. Like basically the formula I found that works really well is kind of the pre-sales that we do. Um, where I don't have to have the overhead. So we do the pre-sales. So I don't have to have the overhead of stock, right? right? And that's why everything comes essentially. Well, you don't just, want it
2: sitting in your living room. Right.
1: So basically on Friday, so this will be posted, I think on the website by Friday, Uh, so hopefully you already see on the website, we have the (laughs) buzzkaball shirts for sale. So basically you're going to have a week to buy the buzzkaball shirt. Um, and then I'll basically everyone who put in an order, you'll have a week to order it. I'll put in that exact number of sizes. I'll order them. And it's basically printed to order for everyone. And we do, you know, there's a lot of everyone, a lot of people have come back to me. Oh, I don't want to pay $25 for a t-shirt, which is fair. Like I get you are, you can go to the gap and buy a t-shirt for $15, but I'll say that at the quantities we do, it's really hard to bring the cost down any more than that and make it time efficient or cost of time efficient. And number two, we're not doing shitty stuff. Like we're not using spread tea or any of that crap. Everything's locally made in Virginia. It's double uh, double screen printed. So they throw a white layer of paint down screen first. They throw the colors on top to make it pop. We use 100% uh, gilded heavyweight cotton. Everything's made in America. Um so we're not giving you a crap product and i was i was i've I told an anecdote off air like we're I'm very you know I respect everyone who reads the website and I respect the community and i I really just uh i don't know, obsess over quality like I'm killing the person who's making these keychains because I want to make sure, you know, it's really hard apparently to fit a bottle opener into the state of Virginia <laughs> at the size we're making them. And I'm like, look, we're going to have to 3D print these in plastic to make sure they actually open a thing. Because apparently you just can't have someone, like you actually have to design this in CAD. So I'm having my buddy from college just designing the frigging thing. And then we're going to 3 We know it that Joe's test. got attention
0: to detail. Yeah, it's, uh, I think that's, that's, it's, we love that,
1: Joe. That's actually what it is. It's a lot of, I'm very, uh, my wife hates it. I'm very attention detail oriented like ask anyone who writes i get on them for like the dumbest things and they probably all hate me but like i will bust your chops about the stupidest things because i'm a, i try to be meticulous and i that's i think it's a good habit to have in life
0: i have gotten asked about my key play t-shirt by so many people because a lot of times i'm not in virginia i'm at my home state of delaware or i'm in pennsylvania and people are like what's that t-shirt and I've got legitimately the the key play with the mountains of Virginia on one end and the key on the other, and I love explaining it, and the fact that it was 25 bucks is worth the investment for so many reasons because basically it's a donation to a website that you read every day. And that
1: includes tax and shipping. And it's, and that includes, and that that and includes tax and shipping, like, as I mean, Joe that's, is saying. That's all on top of that. So, I mean, my, my – I'm friends with the guys who run 11warriors.com. And for comparison, they do a lot more volume than we do. And they're selling it. Yeah, $35, $40 t shirt.
2: Buy the shirts. Robbie's holding up a mic. Give right them now yelling.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we love all the Key Play merchandise. And we really, really appreciate Joe coming on today's episode to give us a perspective on Frank that we needed, to give us a perspective on the new coaches that may be coming in. Um, it's just, it's awesome. So Joe, we really appreciate it. And make sure to check us out on Twitter. We're at 2DVT and make sure to email us any questions you have. It's 2DVT at gmail.com. We are going to put out a GT preview. I think this Sunday, me and Robbie are going to muster up the, (laughs) the, the energy to put out a GT preview. We know we hate we hate playing a uh, chop block O'Clock, clock, as the key player puts it. and uh, but yeah, and hopefully we'll have a game song too. I, I couldn't get one out last week. It was a little bit crazy, but hopefully we'll get a game song out for the GT game this week, something that might honor Frank. But uh, thanks for listening, and until next week, go hokey.